Welcome to another edition of the Untold Patriot Stories podcast with Scott Prusak and Dave Usher, where you'll hear stories told by the players and media members. Hello, Patriots Nation across the world. Uh, we've got a real special guest, two-time Super Bowl champ, Antoine Smith with us. Um, I'm going to introduce my co-host, Scott Prusak, and we'll get this show on the road. Thanks for joining us on Untold Patriot Stories. Take right. it away, Scott. Well, welcome, Antoine. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. I'm all right. How y'all doing? Good, good. So, uh, so we'll start with a little bit of the history, but I want to see how good of a memory you have. Uh, do you still hold the record in Houston? For the, you, well, actually, you, I think you hold two records. You know what they are? It had to be the um, the longest touchdown. All right, how and many? All right, so you got that. But how many yards was it? It was ninety-seven. Ninety-six. You were close. All right, so that's okay, the first okay. one. Okay. And the other one would what be scoring six touchdowns in the game? Oh, uh, you, you say know? it like you say it like it's nothing, Antoine. Like six touchdowns in a game. Yeah, that's right. I don't, I don't know. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, so I, you I were two. It. You were two for two. Good memory. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so nonchalant. Yeah, I scored six touchdowns in a game. I'm no big deal. Just six touchdowns <laughs> in a game, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just yeah. six. So, so I guess I'll start off by you know we usually kind of start in the beginning. Uh, so I, I guess personally. In your life, um, you know, family-wise and all that kind of stuff, who who is your inspiration and who helped um, kind of guide you on the right path to to start the journey into, you know, football, college, and all that kind of stuff? You know, it, it, for me, it, it was going to be my grandparents, young Clara Smith. You know, I, I was raised by my grandparents. Um, you know, they just taught me the value of, of hard work and going after what you want, and uh, you know, for me. From a young age, that instilled that into me, and um, that was just one of the things that I was going out. You know, I always wanted to make them proud, so that's what started me on my journey. That's who you know showed me the way, gave me my work ethic, and uh, you know, just believed in me and everything that I did. Nice. So I did a little bit of research to find out that your uh, grandfather John, you know, was had some um, disability. I guess he lost his arm in a, in a workplace accident. So, you know, if the kind of be a, a mentor and someone in sports and here you got a guy that's kind of uh, disabled but he was always supporting you and then your your grandmother mm. was you know just kind of there for you and you know you guys went back and forth laughing and and enjoying each other but she was tough on you i guess yeah you know my grandmother was real tough she she believed in getting good grades in school you know even though my grandfather was somewhat handicapped but that man can do more with one arm than most people can do with two. So that so that right there showed me. I, I didn't see the man peel up ice potato and cut French fries with one hand. So there was nothing they could. So that kind of instilled. And he was a big sports fan. That's who got me into watching sports. And uh, you know, said and becoming a love of the game. His team was was the Cowboys back then. You know, I think everybody was was a Cowboy fan back in the days because that's all they showed on TV. Back then, right. so you kind of, so you kind of became a Cowboys fan. But that's how I got a love for the game of just all sports, not only football, but everything. And like I said, my grandmother, man, that was a woman that 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 took care of me, that got me everything that I wanted. And you know, her biggest thing was, you know, don't act up in school, get your grades, and 
you know, and she was she was tough on me. Don't get me wrong, she was tough on me, but she also she was fair. So you uh, go ahead, Scott. You you played uh you I guess you played uh high school football. You only played your senior year, right? Right, right. I, I played I played little league football. I played okay. um maybe when I was around about uh let me see from age of maybe ten to maybe fourteen, and when it was time for me to play junior high football, I you know I started liking basketball, so I like I wanted to play basketball then so. I, I played yeah. basketball all the way from my seventh grade year all the way to my twelfth grade year. Yeah. And you know, the football, the head football with the high school football coach, every year that I was there, he tried to get me to come out and play football. And the funny story about this, man, you know, the guys that I played little league with, they was like, okay, you was good in little league, but if you come out there now, you know, you wouldn't do all that. We'll bust you up. And I was like, if I come out there now, I'll be the best player y'all got. Yeah, and so that's actually how I went out there. I went out there on a the dare, on them daring me to come out there. That's how I ended up playing my senior year. Oh wow! So and and I mean, obviously, as somebody that worked worked hard, because I guess you worked in a factory for two years before you went into East Mississippi Junior College, right? Before going over to Houston. Yeah, you know, um, I actually I signed a scholarship with the University of Auburn yeah. to go to um, Auburn out of um, out of high school, but I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the grades. I would have to go there beyond Prop Forty Eight. And plus, you know, my, my grandmother's health was failing. My grandfather's, uh, you know, he couldn't do as much. So I went to work to kind of help them out to kind of, you know, pay some of the bills around the house and help with their medical bills. And, you know, my grandma always told me, she was like, boy, go to school. Ain't none in these streets but trouble. And she always wanted me to go to school. I think she kind of felt the reason why I didn't because I was helping them all around the house. But when she passed away in 93, um, that's when I, I had to try out to go to Mississippi, you know, in, in this time, in three years from 90, from the time that I graduated in 90 to 93, I hadn't lived no weights. I hadn't ran. I hadn't done nothing but worked in a factory. But that was just one of the things that I always stuck in my head that she was like, well, go to school and make some of yourself. So that's why I ended up even going to the tryout in Mississippi. Yeah. So when you when you finally made the college team and stuff, does it did it make it that much more special to you that you know, you you made that promise to your grandmother and you finally achieved it. Like, what was the feeling when you, you know, when you went to college for the first time? And oh, you were part oh, of the oh, team? oh, it wasn't it was none of that. The, the first day I went to East Mississippi, scuba tech, as we call it. The first day of practice, after practice, I quit. <laughs> I quit. It just so happened I didn't have a car. Yeah. And I called home for somebody to come get me and my uncle wouldn't come get me. That's the only reason I stayed. Because after that first day, mind you, like I said, I had been working. I had been I was so out of shape. I literally crawled on my hands and knees off that field. That's just how <laughs> exhausted I was and not being in shape. And I called. I said, man, this ain't for me. Marco told me, man, stay there and tough it out, man. Tough times don't last always. But that's the only reason I stayed there. Other yeah. than that, y'all never would have heard of Antoine Smith. Wow. Uh, that one decision changed your whole life of someone just saying, stick to it, you know, and, and uh, just work hard and and you got something to prove, you know? Yeah, and it did. You know, me being a grown man going to college, I was 21. I was a 21-year-old freshman. So right. I, I wasn't a kid. I was, you know, and I had, you know, I had been through some things in life and I know what it was. You know, I came from not, not having much. And so as I start to get in shape as the year went on, I started kind of, you know, kind of liking it. And my head football coach at the time, his name was Tom Goon. He actually played with the 
ended up as what well, the Baltimore coach back in the days, he won the Super Bowl with them. And he actually bought me in his office and told me, he said, son, I just seen some, some good players. I just seen some great players. He said, I think you got what it takes to make it to the next level. And he told me what you're going to have to be committed to. And once he told me that, that kind of stuck with me, resolutely with me. And I actually stayed in Mississippi that summer, <laughs> got a little summer job and worked out and just tried to get better as a player. Nice. So that's the support you're looking for, the encouragement. And then, then you got an inner faith and you got some confidence in your abilities. And, and then the sky's the limit for you then, right? Once you have that belief in yourself, correct? Yes, yes, correct. And like, like I said, then once my sophomore year rolled around, shoot, I was I was the number one recruit coming out of the state of Mississippi out of JUCO. And shoot, I, I already had signed my scholarship to the University of Houston within three games. I knew I was coming to Houston. Wow. But then you go to Houston, and then the coach kind of says the same thing to you, too. He says, I need you to be the leader. I need you to kind of say, yes, sir, and, and be coachable and be responsible and accountable. And you took that leadership role to 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 really another level for yourself, didn't you? Yeah, but it, it wasn't easy. You know, my my first year, my junior, my first year at University of Houston, we went, what, two and nine? Right. And I was second-guessing myself because I could have went to any university that I wanted to go to. You know, I could have had a chance to go to Alabama, Auburn, Florida State, everywhere. Everybody offered me a scholarship, but coming out of junior college, you know, you only have two years to go improve yourself. So I wanted to go somewhere where I could kind of start right away. Right. But that first year, we went two and nine, and I was kind of second-guessing myself about I've made a bad decision. But uh, once again, coach, you know what I'm saying, he came and talked to me with Kim Helton, which had some um, some coaching experience on the NFL level. And he came and talked to me, he said, hey, man, he just came and told me, he said, hey, if you want to make it to the next level, you're just going to have to dedicate yourself and get better and do all the things that that you need to do. He said, I know people. I can get you a track, but it's going to be on you. And that's what I did. And then you get drafted in the first round, 25 years old. I mean, that transition of your life and that part of your life changed your everything that's happening to you now. Here we go. And you, you, you know, you're in your 50s now. That that one year is so magical for you. Uh, how did that all how did you handle all that? Well, I'm, you're probably a little older now, a little more mature, but you really took it to heart, I guess. huh? You know, um, I think it didn't really sink into me that that I had opportunities to get drafted until my senior year, I think, was playing Southern Miss. That's the game that I scored the six touchdowns in. And Coach came to me before the game. He said, I got about 11 NFL scouts here, and they're all here to see you. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, they're all here to see you. So you got to, you got to give them a show. So that's the game where I had the, the 200 and something yards to six touchdowns. And, um, and as I had that game and I went on, to the senior bowl, went on to the combine. You know, Antoine Smith, you know, I started making a buzz for myself, started making, you know, my name started making a name for myself. But I think another thing was when I went to the senior bowl, playing against the other competition out there, they was like, okay, still he, he can play with some top-notch competition because the only knock was that I was playing the University of Houston and we didn't really play top competition. Right, right. But the Buffalo, when they drafted you, they saw all the all the things and all the obstacles that you overcame, and that was one of the things that he were, that you were resilient and you were 
had a you know something to prove and you really just had this work ethic and uh, I think that's one of the reasons is that what you heard about why they drafted you in the first round first of all my, my maturity level because when I went to like you said I'm, I'm I'm 25 years old I'm the oldest person in the draft that year you know what I'm saying it, and they kind of like the story that I you know took some time off and took care of my grandparents you know before put put them first before I put myself in um it was just and once, you know, Wade Phillips, you know, he came to the University of Houston. He sat there and talked to me. Of course, you know, he went to the University of Houston. You know, he was a defense coordinator at the time. You know, Marvin Levy was still the coach. But uh, he came down there and interviewed me. We sat there and, and must have talked in the coach's room, man, for about maybe about two hours. And and when he left there, he said, if you're there at 23, we're going to take you. He said, I'm putting the word in. Because Thurman Thomas was, was getting older at the time. Right. And uh, and they, they said, you know, we just need a, another running back. And, and that's kind of sealed it for me. Well, that definitely shows your character. I mean, you know, what you did for your, for your grandparents and everything. And I mean, that, that, that plays a big part and it shows who you are as a person. Um, so do you remember where you were when you got the call that you got drafted? I was actually in New York. Really? I actually, they invited me to New York. I actually wasn't going to go. I yeah. was going to stay in Alabama and have a... <laughs> A big cookout, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then, you know, they was like, "Man, this is one of the lifetime opportunity. Get to go to New York and get, you know, get drafted where I get to see you." I was like, "I'm trying. I'm trying to be around family. I wasn't. I wasn't even thinking about it." And so, and they kind of convinced me to go to New York. So I ended up being in New York for my draft. Who, who did you, Who did you bring with you when you went? Uh, I took my father. I took all my brothers. I took my um, and I took my uncles. It was kind of like a guy's trip, you know. Yeah. So, was kind of guy's trip for me. So, so now you you know you spend some time in Buffalo, and then to, let's let's let let's go back in time. And how did the whole you coming to the Patriots? How did that all come into play? Did Bill call you? Um, how how did that all start to happen? You know what, man? After um, after my time in Buffalo, you know what I'm saying. First thing with him and Charlie was like. Um, it was like, well, I hear you, you you got a problem in Buffalo. I said, hey, man, I just straight up told him, I said, I only had a problem with one somebody. That is Joe Pinger. And if you know Charlie Weiss, he said, I don't like that in left either. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so that. And so that's, how it, so that's how it happened. So it was like, okay, we kind of need a big bag, you know, because, uh, you know, they had Kevin, they had GR, they had Patrick. And um, what's the had just got hurt in, um, in the beach game. Uh, uh, Robert, Ed, Robert Edwards, yep. yeah, Robert Edwards, yeah, Robert Edwards, yeah, Robert Edwards. So those are like we need to bring in another big back, and so I'm doing an interview with them when I'm walking out. I walk down through the um, through the locker room, and I walk past lawyer, and lawyer like, "Hey man, come on," he said, "Come on, come on, side with a big dog, let's roll, come on, come on, <laughs> let's get it, let's go." And so I, I never left, I never left New England. I had another, I had another visit even set up. Before that, but I, I never left New England. Um, they didn't let you leave, right? there, They talked to me. And yeah, I, I just signed right there because, like I said, I wanted a chance to prove myself again. And it was the perfect opportunity for right. me to, uh, to you know, to prove myself again. No knock on Kevin Fogg, no knock on G.R. Redmond, no, the guys that were there. But I felt that, you know what I'm saying, that I would have a chance to play there if I go there, if I do what I need to do. Yeah. So I, I I don't know whether I told the story on this podcast, but you know I, I've heard stories from a lot of guys, um, and I the the best one I've heard about Charlie Weiss is you guys would be in your offensive meetings, 
and and he could be he could have the uh, laser pointer, like you know, whatever, doing a play, and just fall asleep, and then wake back up. And uh, so the person who told me the story was Jr. And he said, you know, he would, he, so he'd be talking, he'd be like, yeah, so, you know, I want you to go over here, you to go over here, fall asleep, all of a sudden wake back up. But like, he never skipped a beat. He would pick, he said, Scott, he would pick up exactly where he left off when he fell asleep. He, he would. I mean, seriously, <laughs> he would try to be a, but one of the most creative offensive coaches I have ever been around. We could use one of those right now. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got Matt. You got a defense coordinator who ain't never called the offense play. I'm, I'm not gonna say nothing about that. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. So, so I, that that was, yeah, that was, was a good story. Yeah, that was one of the stuff. Yeah. Oh, Charlie. Charlie, get on you. Yeah. So uh, you know, Brady uh, takes over in 2001. You know, Bledsoe gets hurt, and and Brady's uh, you know just coming in. Uh, somewhat of a, a rookie. He's played in one or two games, and uh, Belichick comes up to you and says, hey, you know, we need you. You need to take the pressure off Brady. I mean, how did you feel when uh, Belichick came to you and said, we're going to count on you. Uh, you got to do your job and do your role, and we're, we're going to really uh, put a lot of um, plays in your hands. Uh, you you know what? Took it from that, 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 um, you know what? That really, um, you know, that that is still confidence in me. For him to come to me, he came to me just, just like you said, like, hey, you know, and tell me, you know, we're gonna have to bring Tommy along, kind of slow, so we, we're gonna, we're gonna need you. To, we don't have to lean on you. We don't need you to, you know, Antoine Smith. He was, you know, your second year rookie year in, in Buffalo, and and I took that on as a challenge, and you know, and as we went to rocking and rolling with the start, you know, you can see the confidence building in myself and and basically everybody on the team as we went on that little run. And as Brady became more familiar, more confidence with the offense and started to put up better numbers, I mean, we, we got on the road and we believed in each other. When, when did you when did you see, when was the first time, whether it was a practice or a game, that you went to the sideline thinking, wow, we, we got something special with Brady? Like, what, what was it a play? Was it how he handled the players? What was it? You know what? He was so competitive. Lawyer, Ty, Otis Smith, they used to give it to him in practice. <laughs> I'm talking about they, they used to give it to him. And you can see Tommy just get mad like, I'm going to get this guy. He used to tell people, go out there, run the route, do this, run it back. And he was just so competitive. And every time Lawyer and them, somebody would pick him off, they would yell at him, and it would make him so mad. <laughs> and you can just see the competitive nature in him. And as we start getting along, he became a fiery leader. He was like, hey, let's let's go get it done. And you know what? I guess the game, it would probably be, even though we lost that game, it'll probably be that Rams game that we lost that game against the Rams in, in Foxborough that night. Yeah. I knew that we could compete with anybody. We just went toe-to-toe with the greatest show on turf. And I really feel like we lost that game because I fumbled the ball going in down on the one-yard line. And they took it back 98 yards and scored a touchdown before halftime. And I think that was the changing part of that game, but that let us know that we can play with anybody. All right. So I got two questions for you. So the first one is when you fumbled that ball and you're walking back to the sideline, were you thinking, oh crap, Belichick's going to give it to me? And then when you did get to the sideline, what did he say? I mean, 
I knew, you know what I'm saying? I I, I knew it was me, but nobody's going to be hard on me than, than myself. Yourself, yeah. Nobody was going to be hard. And I, and I knew I let the team down in that moment. And uh, But he just told me, he's like, hey, just, just keep your head in the game. Just keep your head in the game. And after that game, when they interviewed me, when all the media around and I told him, I, I took accountability, I say, I lost the game first. They was like, no, it was still early. I said, my fumble, it was a swing. It, it cost us the game. And I was like, if we ever see them again, yeah, right. Ooh, I just, I just, yeah, I just, yeah, I just knew if we ever see them again, we got a chance. So my second question is, how do you feel now sitting at home and still seeing him playing? How do, does 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 it kind of blow your mind that you know? I mean, how long have you, you not been what? playing now? You know what? I I I, I stopped playing in two thousand five. Was my last year. All right, so <laughs> two thousand. We're in two thousand twenty-two, and you're watching him on TV. Like, like, is that a surreal feeling? Man, I look at <laughs> I look at it, and I'd be like, he still love the game. He's still fiery. But my thing is, Tommy, you, you got every accolade that you can possibly accomplish in the National Football League. You know what I'm saying? But if you still love the game the way that you love it, still play it, play it till your little heart can tip. But you know, it was a pleasure playing with him. Like wise. Truly the GOAT. There's no other better quarterback than Tom Brady. Call me bias. Call me what you want to call me. But that is my dude. Yep, I agree. Well, I want to talk a little bit about that brutal game in the minus five-degree weather against the Titans that you scored a touchdown, you know. and uh, You're coming from the south, and you go to Buffalo, and you maybe you got a little weather in Buffalo. But I was at that game standing in a sleeping bag the whole time. Uh, with you know six layers, and I don't know how you guys even played, and how even Adam even kicked a field goal, you know, in uh, minus five degree weather. But uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys coped with that to beat them by you know seventeen to fourteen in Tennessee. Titans. First of all, first of all, you know, leading up to that week, it was cold as hell that whole week. <laughs> yeah, it was to that game. Yeah. That, well, that was played on a Saturday night. Yeah, what on a Saturday night? Yeah. That whole week, it didn't get out the teams. And we practiced out there in that. Every, Belichick had us out there practicing in that cold every day. That's what we used to call a locker day. That means put on every damn thing in your locker because you don't need it. It's going <laughs> to wow. be cold. And we out there, we, we practice in it. But when it comes to, to the game, you, you, you know it's cold, but you don't have time to be cold. Right. But that first hit that you that that you make contact, but like your whole body vibrates because you, you're not really not warm. You're not dabbled up yet. And that game was extremely cold, extremely physical. We actually had players to get frostbite on their hands and their toes. Really? Coming out of that game. Oh, wow. Yes. Sure. Yeah. We actually had people that had, yeah. So what 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 about the snow game? Talk talk a little about a little bit about that one, how special that one was. Now that Okay, now let me just be honest. Okay, about 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 this game. I thought it was a fumble. I still say it was a fumble. Wow! But okay. the rules said yeah. that it was a tough rule. That he went forward and went toss. I'm looking as that play unfolded, and as they reversed the call. I think we just felt like it's meant for us. After that, right. after they reversed that call, we went on that and went down yeah. 
to tie the game up. Yeah, we just felt like it was destiny after that. Yeah. Because the snow was thick. Everybody was damn near late getting to the game. Um, I think everybody followed Tommy in because he called for a police escort because everybody was so backed up and stopped back there with, with the traffic and the snow. So once they sent the police escort to come get Tommy and everybody else just, just filed in line going down the side of the road on the, on the shoulder, on the media, trying to get to the stadium. Because yeah. Belichick had already warned us, give yourself enough time. But hell, we left. I left three hours before the game. And I only stayed 15 minutes away. And I still can't get there on time. Yeah, it was crazy. But, hey, fun game. That's what I know. Benetary is my dude. Through yeah. snow, <laughs> through anything. One of the clutch kickers in the so, National Football League. I guess, too, coming from college, because, you know, I usually I ask the guys when I'm with them. And they all kind of have the same answer. So when you so you when you come to like well, I mean I guess you could even say Buffalo, but coming from a college stadium and stuff, coming to going into the the old uh, Foxborough Stadium, like what were you thinking? Because every every player I've ever talked to said that where they played in college was a better stadium than the old Foxborough Stadium. Thanks for listening to Untold Patriot Stories with Scott Prusak and Dave Usher. Please follow us on whatever platform you download your podcasts and be sure to tell your friends.